Acts chapter 10. Pastor will be speaking on this this morning. I'm, we're going to start just towards the end there uh, at verse 44. You follow along with me as I read from verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Well, I like the truth of Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. I like that verse. <laughs> I don't like that he leads me through the flood and through the waters, uh, but of course that's true. Uh, he takes us through difficult times in our lives, and uh, he does that on purpose. That's how he perfects us. That's how he causes our grace to grow. And that's how we become like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He went through sorrow and difficulty, suffering, and uh, so will we. Uh, we were supposed to be talking about Gideon today and uh, the end of Gideon's life. Gideon's life is a tragedy, uh, like the story of Samson's life is a tragedy. They start so well, and you're cheering for them, but in the end, it's very bad. And uh, that's the story of Gideon and the story of Samson. Come back next week. That's what we're doing next week. And then uh, finish off Gideon, and then we'll do Samson. Uh, with the baptism next week, I thought we should talk about baptism today. And uh, I know you all know about baptism, but bear with me. It's important, and uh, we'll talk about it again. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. It's not in your bulletin. You have to use your Bible or your electronic device or your phone. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, and he is now speaking to his disciples. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And uh, after his resurrection, and uh, this is Jesus' last command to his disciples, at least in the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, Matthew is ending his gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in this way. His followers are now to go out to the world and make disciples. Number two, notice all authority has been given to Jesus. All authority has been given to me. And then he says, in earth and on heaven, or on heaven, in heaven and in earth, that means everywhere. Right? That's all authority. That's why he says heaven and earth. There's no other place. So he's got all the authority. Based on having all the authority, he then says to his disciples, go and make disciples. That's job number one. 
We call this the Great Commission. Job number one. Point number three. There's a logical connection between verses 19 and 18. All authority is given to me. Therefore, because of that, go and make disciples. It's your main task. Notice what the main task is. It's to make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. Um, a dirty word today is proselytization, and yet it's necessary for us. It's key to our faith that we share, that we share our faith, and that we make disciples of all nations. It's exciting to see that taking place. Making disciples is uh, getting people to follow Jesus and be uh, followers of Jesus and to give their lives to him. Point number five, how are we going to make disciples? So what do we do to make somebody a disciple? He tells you right in the passage. He gives you two things. Verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Two things we do to make disciples. We baptize and we teach. Uh, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me notice, show you, let me, let, help, I want you to notice just a few things here about baptism. First of all, Christian baptism is not self-administered. Now, I think it could be administered by any Christian but it's not self-administered. You don't baptize yourself. This is a big change from Judaism or Islam, where you have these cleaning rituals that you do yourself. Christian baptism is something someone else does to you. Uh, secondly, Christian baptism is Trinitarian, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, and I get this from the, the uh, Anglican church down the street. He and I had a discussion about baptism. We disagree, of course. They baptize infants. We do not baptize infants. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But as we discuss baptism, he says, well, three things have to happen in baptism. And uh, I said, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I said, we, we, be we believe in immersion. He goes, he goes, I know that's what it means. He goes, we get pretty close. And he showed me a video of their baptism. And they actually go into a pool, and they stand about waist deep. And then he takes a bucket of water, and he pours the bucket of water over their head. So I said, you're almost there. <laughs> you're pretty close. But he said, baptism involves water. Kind of hard to have a baptism without water. That's important. So you have to have water. Somebody else has to do it to you. And it has to be Trinitarian in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So one way to make disciples, one thing we have to do for disciple-making is baptize. The second thing is teaching them to keep everything which Jesus has commanded. One of the books that we read for our Friday night book clubs was the book Radical. And uh, some people, when they read Radical, they're kind of freaking out. And I'm going, why are you freaking out? This is Jesus from the New Testament, and it's just simple commands. You have to help the poor. You have to give away your money. You have to do these things. Jesus commands it. 
It shouldn't be radical at all. It should, the, the, the name of the book should be, this is what Jesus says. But if you just look at what Jesus says, it's kind of off, it's kind of crazy. But we're teaching you everything that Jesus commanded, and notice he's got all authority. You should be doing it. Point number six, how can we do this? He tells you how. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. I love that. Jesus is always with us, and he's with us here today. Isn't that great? It's a great promise. Jesus is with us here today. Now, before you get too comfortable with, yeah, that's great, you've got to put it all together. The one who has all authority is with us here today. And the one who has all authority has told us to make disciples of all nations. How are we doing? And to be baptized and to keep all his commandments. There's four alls. All authority says, make disciples of all nations, keep all my commands, and I'm with you all the time. They all go together. Um, that takes us to Acts chapter 10. This is in your bulletin. Follow along as I read. Acts chapter 10 is the story about Cornelius, a uh, Roman centurion. He is in the Italian regiment, so this is a real Roman. A real Roman stationed in Caesarea, and he has been worshiping God, and he has been praying and giving, and giving, uh, giving alms to the poor, and God has seen what he has been doing and sent an angel to him. And the angel said to him, go and find Peter and bring him back here. He'll tell you what you need to know. At the same time, God has been working with Peter, and he showed him a vision in which a sheet came down from heaven full of all the bad things that Jewish people should not eat. I think it was lobster and bacon and cheeseburgers. And uh, Peter said, uh, Lord, I have never eaten an unclean thing. And he says, what I have made clean, you eat. And that happens three times. And while he's having the vision, they show up at his door from Cornelius and said, an angel sent us here to get you. He says, I'm ready to go. He goes, Cornelius has gathered all his friends all his family and everyone he's been telling about God and they're there in the house they're waiting for Peter this is what happens verse 34 Peter began to speak I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism he accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right you know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, they killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate 
and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. While still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And I thought, how sad. The preacher didn't get to finish his sermon. He only got five minutes into it. And then the Holy Spirit came and the sermon was over. I thought, how sad. Wouldn't that be sad if the sermon ended after five minutes? That would be wonderful. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't hear any amens about that. He didn't even finish the message. And that was all they needed to hear, that Jesus Christ was God's man, he was God's appointed man, and through his death you have forgiveness of sins, and boom, they believed the message and the Holy Spirit fell on them. Verse 45, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished, I think there were six of them, they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Beautiful story. Let me point some things out. Number one, the story's repeated three times in Acts. Like, Peter, like, like Paul's conversion, repeated three times in the book. This story of Cornelius is repeated three times as well. And Luke, the writer of Acts, is saying this is important. And of course, it's important for us. If you're like me, you're a Gentile. <laughs> we are the nations that he's talking about. We are that nation. We are the, 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 the many nations that he said, go and make disciples of. Secondly, Cornelius and his house are the first Gentiles to come to Christ and be baptized. And all nations are being made disciples. Point number three, baptism occurs after preaching and response. First, you hear the message. And secondly, there is evidence that an internal work of God has taken place. And baptism is the sign. That's the sign you participate in that God has done something in your life. Number four, baptism is the sign of equality in the church. Baptism is the sign of equality. Now, I don't mean to embarrass anybody here, but how many of you have been baptized? Raise your hand. That's equality. Men are baptized, women are baptized. All nations baptized. That's equality. We are showing by our lives that he has done something in our hearts. <clears throat> um, the other day I was thinking about heaven, and uh, I was thinking about heaven after the passing away of Joan Moorcroft, and uh, I was uh, reading through my New Testament, just enjoying what Jesus Christ has to say about heaven and eternity, wonderful things that Jesus tells us. And I began to think about the state of Christianity and why we have so many problems with other Christians. 
Why can't we get along? We're going to spend eternity together, <laughs> right? We are. We're going to spend eternity together. Man, we've got to love each other now. And uh, we should do be doing a little bit more loving now. And baptism is one of those signs of togetherness. It shows that we are all part of the family of Jesus Christ. Baptism for Peter means Cornelius, the Roman soldier, the Roman centurion, and all his house is a fellow believer and follower of Jesus with him. That's why when they see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he goes, we got to baptize him. <laughs> God is showing us he needs to be baptized. And finally, Colossians chapter 2. You turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Use your Bible or phone. It is not in your uh, bulletin. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 9 through 12. A key passage on baptism. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. I've got four quick points. Number one, baptism is like circumcision. It is the sign that you are a child of God, the external sign that you are following Jesus Christ. Number two, but there's something different about baptism and circumcision. Baptism follows spiritual circumcision. And he talks about this circumcision that's not done by hands. It's done by Jesus. And that's when Jesus Christ comes into your life and he makes changes on the inside so that the old you is gone and a new self has been created. Spiritual circumcision. It's invisible. It takes place inside of you. And baptism is the external act that you take because of what Jesus Christ has done on the inside. And finally, baptism's not like circumcision because faith must be present for it to be baptism. It says that right in verse uh, 12. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith, in the power of God. There's no point in being buried <laughs> without being raised. And the baptism pictures the burial and the faith is the resurrection. And so if you have a baptism without faith, it's just like burying somebody without the resurrection. That's no good. That's not what we want to picture. We want to picture the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism must be accompanied with faith for it to be baptism. Otherwise, it's just like my brother. My brother came to Christ when he was five and was baptized. And later in life, he said, you know something? I don't think I really believed then. I believe now. And so he was baptized. Again, the first one wasn't real. He did not believe. It's funny 
when the first, uh, first Baptist missionaries left the United States. First Baptist missionaries from North America were Adoniram Judson, Anne and Adoniram Judson. When they left North America, they were not Baptists. They were Congregationalists, and they practiced infant baptism. And they got on a ship, and they went to India, and on the way to India, Adoniram and Anne studied the New Testament and baptism. And on the trip, they realized, whoops, infant baptism is not in the Bible. We need to be baptized. They got to India, found William Carey, a Baptist missionary, who baptized them. Now there was a problem. The first Baptist missionaries had left their denomination, <laughs> and they're in India. <laughs> Beautiful story. William Carey was the same kind of way. William Carey grew up in the Church of England and baptized as an infant. But as he studied his Bible, working on shoes, he realized that's not found in the Bible. You've got to believe in order to be baptized. And so he became a Baptist. Uh, the other day I was listening to a sermon by John MacArthur. And uh, pastors uh, sometimes get along and tell baptism stories. Uh, here's what went wrong at this baptism. And John MacArthur was telling the story. He preached a message on baptism and he gave the invitation. And a number of people wanted to be baptized. They went to fill the baptismal tank and they could only get 10 inches of water in it. So he said, we baptized them anyway, because it was hard getting them all the way under with only 10 inches. But we still did it. I remember somebody telling me about a baptism in Australia. They were baptizing in the ocean. And when they went to baptize him, a riptide came along and ripped the person out, and he popped up 100 feet away. I've had other preachers tell me they've gone to baptize somebody, and when they went to put them under, their feet came out. So they did it a second time. Funny stories. But baptism is something you do to show that you follow Jesus Christ. Something has taken place in your life, and you now want to demonstrate that, and the first step of demonstrating that is to be baptized. Next Sunday night, we're going to do that. And uh, there are no tides in the pool. And uh, it will be deep enough to get you all the way under. Because going all the way under is the way to picture the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's the best way to picture that you are being forgiven all your sins. And all your sins are being washed away. And it takes a lot of water to wash all your sins away. Best pictured by immersion, not a sprinkling. So next Sunday night, if you haven't done this, you want to follow Jesus Christ, and you want to show this, please talk to me. Talk to me today. Talk to me this week. We will fit you in, and it will be a wonderful time for you to demonstrate this to people that you want to follow Jesus and show that by being baptized.